Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that Why is was not first good. Home so what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know, know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Our two guests today may just be the most fun and adorable duo that we've ever had on the show. It is the dynamic women behind Excuse My Grandma. Kim Merstein had the idea to start a podcast with her grandma, Gail, to discuss the generational differences of dating, sex, and relationships, which is so smart because grandmas really do have the best advice. Since the podcast launched, they've been featured on multiple news networks and shows like Rachel Ray, and they've grown a massive fan base on TikTok where they post hilarious videos such as Grandma Gail helping Kim pick out outfits and reactions to The Bachelor, and they shared really good dating advice. This was such a fun conversation I had with them. We talk about confidence and old Hollywood and the difference between dating in the 1950s and now. And Grandma Gail has some pretty kick-ass advice for your dating life that you are going to want to hear, guaranteed. Grandma Gail is a hoot. She is so fun, and Kim is super relatable. I know a lot of you will see your dating experience in hers. Before we dive into the conversation, don't forget to click on the Every Girl podcast and scroll down to where it says ratings and reviews to let us know if you like the episode or what you want to hear more of. A five-star rating and review is the best way to support our show. So if the Evergirl podcast has ever brought value or inspired you or made you feel good, please let us know. I'd love to hear from you. Now back to Kim and Grandma Gail. Let's get into it. Please welcome Excuse My Grandma to the Evergirl podcast. Gail, have you always lived in Palm Beach or tell me your guys' story? No, no, no. Um, I raised my family in Manhattan and then we relocated down here about 20 years ago. So we're here a while since my husband's business was down here. So, but we go back and forth and we see each other all the time. Okay. Oh my God. That's so fun. It seems like you guys live right next to each other constantly because of you're always together what it seems to us. Yeah. When we're in New York City, um, I mean, I grew up a block from her. And then now I'm in my own apartment. But um, when she's in the city, we're together every day. And then most of the winter, I've been in Palm Beach as well because of, excuse my grandma, and just as a COVID thing. Um, and that the kind warm of, weather is very started nice. to be able to do that. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say, not complaining at all. I mean, you're lucky. You get the best of both worlds. No, I totally am. And it it's so nice. And I, I used to work in media and television. And obviously, I had to be in the office for that. But then when the pandemic started and everything was remote, I was like, I'm just going to leave New York for a bit, go live with them in Florida uh, with my grandma and my grandpa. And my parents are actually down there as well. 
And um, then like when we started our podcast and, and TikTok and Instagram together and that became full time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just spend the season with her down That's here. Oh my God. Had a lot of, it seems like it. I can tell you guys were having a blast. Well, Gail and Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the Every Girl podcast. Welcome. Grandma Gail, I have become your biggest fan. You are so fab. You guys together are just so what makes the internet great. I love your content. Um, So I would know how you guys got here to excuse my grandma. Kim, did you just one day think, Grandma Gail needs to be a star? I got to put her on TikTok? Like, how did it come to be? I always knew she was like a character and a personality. Jimmy's made this personality come about too. (laughs) He helps it along. Trust me. (laughs) Maybe. maybe. I don't want to take any credit, but I think that like normally my whole life, like when we walk in a room, I feel like you definitely um, light it up and a lot of people like gravitate toward her energy because it's just hilarious. And um, I think it was, it really started because I was going on a bunch of dates. And I tell my grandma a lot. So when I was describing things to her, like how dating apps work and ghosting and all of these things, there was obviously a huge generational gap because the last time she was single was the 1950s and 60s. And there was none of that. It was like dinosaurs were on the earth. And I I love that time. I glorify it for sure. And um, there was definitely a lot of chivalry and stuff. So I think we can definitely take some bits of that and then some bits of what's today and make like a perfect ideal world. But um, I think that while we were having those discussions about dating, I was like, we should start our podcast together so her generation can learn what their kids and grandkids are doing today and how dating is. And then we can in turn get Grandma Gail's wisdom and advice. So yeah, we, we started it almost two years ago, I think, and started bringing on guests as well um, to kind of get their perspective and banter with us. And shortly after that, we started our TikTok and our Instagram very similar stuff. We talk about dating on there or Grandma Gal will help me pick out my fun. outfits. A little more fun. On <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're posting a lot like every day, just um, things that we do together and, and show our dynamic and hopefully people enjoy it. It's so fun. Well, thank you because we do need Grandma Gail's advice. All of us out here are trying to date in our 20s and 30s, like we need it. So um, I think that was a genius idea. And Gail, what did you think when your granddaughter was like, do you want to come on a podcast? Do you even know what that meant? Like, what what were the, your the thoughts? Truth is, I, I, the truth is, I didn't even, had never heard a podcast before. I had never even discussed it and certainly didn't know what a TikTok was. That was, that was <laughs> really way out there. I mean, I always, I always say, I always thought that was a mint, but uh, you know what? The like truth is, yeah. <laughs> Kimmy opened my eyes to what young people are listening to. And now, of course, now three years later, and of course, COVID was there and that was a very big boost for all people on Zoom and on podcasts. It was our form of entertainment. And we were so much at home that we spent much more time on our devices. And so Kimmy was 100% right. And I think a lot of my friends and people who are similar age as I am really got to understand what their kids were talking about and thinking. And, you know, a lot of the the dating apps and all that stuff were very foreign to most people over 50. Uh, So I think that was an eye opener and uh, we've had fun exploring it, right, Kim? Absolutely. I I mean, I'm glad we can educate people as well as entertain them. That's the goal. It's so, and you guys do a great job. I was looking through all the comments, even just on your TikTok. So many people are like, Gail, you remind me of my grandma and like how special, like it's, 
you guys make people feel so good. So besides even just like the really good dating advice that we all need to hear from Gail, but just your content in general makes people feel so good. So it must be so awesome for you guys to get to do that and provide that for people and get to do that together. Like how, how fun. Well, we've had tremendous fan base, right, Kim? I mean, they have been wonderful. Yeah. I don't know how we look out with all the positivity. Maybe because like we try to put out positive and like wholesome content. And there's a lot of non-positive content on the internet. So maybe it's just that. And that was totally not on purpose. It's just like how we are. So, and and then people just give that back to you. And that that was really a lesson in that like kindness returns kindness. And like, I... I don't know. Like everything is positive. Now that I say that, I feel like we're going to get something <laughs> negative. But of course, there's always like the, the, the one person, person, but it's like so <laughs> right, far, right? So far and few between. And yeah, no, it's amazing. It's so well, we have people stop us all over. I mean, we I've been stopped in Paris and Milan and New what? Orleans, wherever. Yeah, people. I didn't think so many people. That's why I constantly have to wear makeup. I said to Kimmy <laughs> about a year ago, I was in the supermarket in, in East Hampton, New York, and I was wearing no makeup. Up. And all of a sudden, the guy behind the cashier at quarter of eight in the morning said, oh, I love you on TikTok. I said, oh, no. <laughs> he said, I can't even go out at 7.30 in the morning anymore without makeup. So that has been a change. I must say, I laugh about it and we talk about it all the time, but we sort of have to look a little better when we walk yeah. around now. Well, yeah, you're a celebrity. You're like Beyonce and Jennifer oh, sure. Lopez. You're fighting off the paparazzi. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, please, please. I love you, Josie. Don't go that far. <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time. I think you're going to get there. That's so funny, though. That's it's amazing. Manifesting. It, manifesting, right. But that's so cool that you get recognized all over and that I think because people click so much with your content. Gail, I'm so curious for your friends. Do you have to explain like, oh, there's this thing called a podcast. It's kind of like a radio show I do with my daughter and like people recognize me. Like, how are you explaining this to people? Well, in the first year, we had amongst my friends, we had to educate everybody because I had to be educated. It was the same kind of thing that, you know, Kimmy was telling me, I was then translating it to them. Now I have a Probably totally incorrectly, by the way. That that should be a TikTok in itself. Is Gail trying to translate to her friends what a podcast is? Very sad. (laughs) I love that idea. I'm going to write it down and I'll give you credit. Amazing. I can't wait to see it. That's such a great idea. So it was a lot of translating, Gail, and a lot of explaining. Yeah, it was also nobody was on a podcast. And so they all of a sudden had a friend that was doing it. And uh, as they know a lot of them knew Kim. And but everyone felt invested in listening to it and word spread around. And then we we picked up a, a tremendous audience uh, down in New, uh, here as well in New York. And it seems like everywhere people, you know, it's not, uh, this is, this is a phenomena of communications now where you're, you can put something on in, in Florida and it's listened to in Japan or, or in uh, Australia. We have fans. We go on a live show occasionally promoting some things that we, that we sell. And, we have people from all over the world really tuning into us. So it's it's terrific. And we are very appreciative of our fan base. Yeah, no, but it, like, it's interesting what you're saying because like, I feel like it's still kind of our biggest speed bump of how do we get... Because I know that like 50 plus crowd are gonna love our content, but how do you get them to see it and access it? And thankfully we have... I mean, your your friends, like your small circle, you've explained it to them, but there's lots more people in the world. So like, how do you get things to them? And it, it's really interesting. And because like, that's the... I think a lot of people think like, well, who cares? Because 
younger people are on TikTok and I want to appeal to them. But like, I hate when the older generation is disregarded in any way. And like, I think that we should, we should bring them in somehow if they want to. I just, we're figuring it out. Well, it wasn't a part of our lives. So we're learning how it's, it's just slower. I mean, it's like my getting onto this today, the broadcast, you know, you have to have patience with us because we weren't brought up with this, you know, in our, in school and whatever. So it's a little more difficult, but we'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Kim, to like find a way to bring older generations into it instead of just disregarding them. Like a lot of media companies and podcasts and TikToks are thinking, or like, this is just for Gen Z. When in reality, there's a huge market of people that need this content too. So I, I love that. I think that's a great purpose and, and goal. I don't know how we get there. My grandma, who's, she kind of, I mean, I know everyone says the scale, but she does remind me of Grandma Gail. She's so funny. She's spunky. She lights up the room. Everybody loves her. And she, so I'll send her my podcast every week to be like, you just have to click this button. But like, sometimes she just can't do it. She's got her little iPad, you know? So it's, it is like the technological difference. Like, of course, it was just not something taught. Whereas for us, we learned it in school when we were young age. So it it totally makes sense, that difference. But I love that you guys are bridging these gaps between generations and, and you're inspiring so many people. Yes and no. I think I don't like when people use the excuse of, well, you grew up with it. I'm not going to get it. Because I think that media companies make like try really hard to make these things seem intuitive. And I really think that they are at the end of the day, like, of course, some of it is going to be, it's intuitive to us because we grew up with it. But like, I didn't grow up with um, TikTok, like I'm 27. So I think that in some ways, it's like, we don't want to use as that as an excuse. We should think like any Tom, Dick and Harry knows how to use TikTok. Like you're smart. You can do it if you want to do it. So true. Good joke, Kim. <laughs> it's a great point. It's a great point. No, that's that's so true. Reframe. Yeah, reframe the thought. I love it. Like it's changing the mindset. Kim, do you have siblings or cousins? Yeah, I have a younger brother who's like six years younger than me and he's in college right now. And then I have cousins on both sides, but on, on Grandma Gail's side, I have um, some girl cousins as well. Okay, because I, I just was wondering, I... I can't... Like, what do they think about their grandma becoming a celebrity on TikTok? Like, is it so wild for them? They love it. Do they love it? I'm sure they, they must be it. so proud of you. Yeah. They're all way younger. Like, my brother is the closest in age to me. And then the other ones are even younger. So they definitely like... At school, their friends will say to them, wait, isn't this your grandma I saw on TikTok? So yeah. That's so cute. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Are they jealous of all the time that you guys get to spend together? Because I would be... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I spend a lot of time with my other grandchildren as well. And uh, my grandson and I have a very close relationship. Uh, we travel together. We talk to each other several times a week from school. So, and my other granddaughters at Brown, she and I speak a lot. And my younger one is in secondary school. And we, and we try to spend some time together as well. And she's the big TikToker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The thing is also though, I feel like since they are in college, obviously they're going to spend less time with right. you because they're like not totally. in the same state as you. Right. But like when they are here, you spend yeah, the same we amount of time. But I think that's time. just like when you're an adult, like I feel like I spend more time even with my parents now than I like did before because it's like 
I don't know. You have the option. Well, not only like that, but you're, but you're, but you're not in in a different state. You're basically almost yeah. in the same uh, state usually, and so you spend more time together. If you, you know, the distances uh, make a difference in a relationship at that moment. I mean, that's so nice that your grandkids are calling you and checking in. Like you're, you're a lucky grandma. You clearly did a lot of things right with all your grandkids. I am. Well, you put work into it, you get good things out of it. You yeah. know, it's a two-way street. Uh, we, you know, we've talked about that this very often with people. If you care about what your grandchildren are doing or your nieces or nephews, you will get that back in return. They will care about what you're doing. It's, it's a mutual uh, admiration uh, society and you can't expect somebody to care about you if you're not putting the effort into the, what they're doing. So I think that's very important. That's really great advice. I love what you said about when you put care into them and you care about what they're doing, they're going to care about what you're doing. I think so often, whether it is, you know, grandparents, your parents, your siblings, your friends, we get so wrapped up in, I want to sound cool. Like I'm doing all these things, but I love that perspective of it's actually making them feel like you care about what they're doing, not trying to show off all the good things that you're doing. I think that's a really important lesson for people to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, that's. I never had that experience with any of my grandparents where they've been like, this is what I'm doing, la, 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 like, and not ask about me. But I have friends who certainly have that relationship. And that's like so foreign to me. Even if it's not your grandkids, or like, think about with your friends. Like, if you have a friend who just talks about themselves and doesn't ask about you, like, I don't even know how that exists. Right. Well, they're too involved and they're very nar- they're narcissistic. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> that's what it comes they down don't to. to share. They don't add a sharing is very important in life and in relationships. So that's an important lesson to learn. I don't know if I'm a good sharer. What, what, you, you don't, don't think? Don't share? Am I a good sharer? How do you know if you're a good sharer? Like, what I don't do we know share? If you're as such adult? a good sharer. <laughs> I don't think I am. That's a good, yeah, Gail. How do we know if we're good sharers? You know what? I, I, I don't know. I would, would share anything. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but but there are things I don't like to share. I don't like sharing my food on my plate. I like sure. what's on my plate. I don't want to share what's on your plate. So maybe I'm not such a good share. <laughs> That's the only thing I do like to share is food. And then I feel like everything else is off. I think maybe what makes a good share, I'm trying to think, because I think my mom's really good at this as well, of like, I don't know if this is sharing necessarily, but like spending a lot of time and effort into like helping someone else of being like, like, I feel like everyone does this with their mom probably, but just be like, here are all my issues. Like you solve them kind of thing. And like, it's very selfless to, as a mom to like do all of those things without batting an eye. So maybe like that kind of, and maybe you don't really get to that point. I think you just have a good family relationship and that's what people strive for. That's true. That's true. But otherwise can like in romantic life going on dates, you feel like you're not a good, like, do not like share personal things. Like being vulnerable is hard or was, what is it for you? Oh, actually, no. Then in that way, I'm a really good <laughs> share because I overshare. I'm such an overshare. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, of course it depends who I'm with. Like I try to be mysterious sometimes, <laughs> but no, I like, like getting really deep with people, especially with dating. Grandma Gail and I joke about this all the time where she's like, you do not need to find out if he goes to therapy on the first date. <laughs> like his traumas, not important. Like hopefully he has none. And if he does, it's like you find out later. I'm like, no, I need to know every childhood trauma right away. Yeah. No, I think I'm just like very interested in like the psychology of relationship. So I think like in that way, I'm an overshare, but I would not like, I don't like sharing in that, like, if I like a guy, I don't want him to go out with someone else. Right. Like, I'm not sharing. Yeah. Home, but <laughs> we don't share um, the people, right? 
<laughs> we don't share the people. We share the, the, thoughts, the thoughts and the emotions. Yes. No, that's good. I kind of am the same way, Kim, that I've always been like, I just got to get to the meat of it. I mean, you want it like, I, you just don't want to like waste time. So like all these like flippant lighthearted conversations on the first date, like, no, I want to go like, what is, who hurt you as a child? Like, what was your mother like? Like, tell me the deep stuff. I wonder if that's like a generational thing that we're like, we just, we're like the the oh. therapy generation. So we want to get in there. But Gail, would you recommend, like, what's the no, ideal? I don't recommend attitude? that at all. Okay. I don't recommend that at all. Should we be like mysterious? Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's not your business. If it's, I mean, who cares? <laughs> I mean, you can wait till like the fourth date to find that out. I think, sure. I think, you know what, dating, you have to stop analyzing each other so much and just enjoy each other for what, you know, you give to the relationship. And then eventually you do learn about each other's quirks and, and problems and desires. And, and you know, then you decide, is this guy or girl really for me? That's a different thing. But I think in the beginning, sometimes you overanalyze and a nice person slips through your finger because you're analyzing so much that nobody wants to deal with that. But here's the issue. There's so many people who you'll have like a fine date with who's like nice, good at carrying conversation, whatever. So like if there's so many people who fit that bill, then how are you supposed to like make any sort of judgment unless you get deeper? Well, I think you do get deeper as you go out with somebody because you're not only talking about superficial issues. But I, yeah. I, I do think that you have to give yourself time with your partner or with your date. And you're not only going to go out with one guy at a time because you're not steady with somebody. And when the moment you say, well, this guy really means something, I don't want to go out with somebody else. That's when you start really delving deeper into the relationship and what they're like really seriously, I think. Now, if you want to go into the relationship a little earlier and, and find out all his secrets and her secrets, that's up to your personal dating style. I, I would rather take it light until I saw where it was going. I don't think you're everybody's psychologist. <laughs> I, I think that's not your, that's not your role in life. Yeah. I love that advice to just enjoy each other for what it is. And, exactly. and I think that's a really good reframe because a lot of people, especially now are going into dating, like, okay, this is stressful, but like, I really want to be in a relationship. And so there's all this pressure into it. Too and much I pressure, too, right, much too pressure. much pressure. You shouldn't be going into a thing with this is a relationship. This is where I'm getting married. First go out with the fellow or the girl and see that if you like each other and spending time together and see if you have similar interests and uh, like the theater, like to go to a ball game, like to eat the same food or want to try different foods together. First, see if your personalities jive. And then once you see that it's a good fit, then you can go deeper into the, all the issues that you all have. But first you have to get over the, the uh, do some of the, the groundwork. Groundwork is the word. That's really, really a helpful reframe. So I'm so curious, Gail, because so the last time you were dating was in the 1950s, 1960s, right? So yes. I'm yes. so curious because I know that Kim shares a lot about her dating life with you. What you think are kind of the pros and cons to both? Like, are there certain things that you love about dating in 2023 that you wish that you had when you were dating? And what are those things that you miss and wish that Kim could experience that was like dating back in the 50s and 60s for you? Well, I think that a lot of the differences, the sexual difference is much different now than it was then. 
you would not no more have slept with with more than one partner or two partners in your whole life before you got married. And maybe you probably didn't even sleep with them until you got married. So that was certainly a difference. You know, this was before women's lib and, and before all Gloria Friedan said is what's good for the guy is good for the girl. So I think a lot of this is changing of, you know, what was happening in each generation. And I think today that is for the better because so many people in the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, before the 70s, really were in, they knew they had to go out with somebody like them, get engaged and get married before you were going to bed with them. So that was just, that was a given. Uh, You just didn't do it. Families didn't approve of it. There was no living together before marriage. I mean, that would have been, you would have been thrown out of your family home in 95% of the cases. So that's a very big difference. And I think today it's more mature and gives a chance for you to really know if this relationship, it can weather a lot of the issues that we went into it blind at 21, 22, we were married and uh, people did get married much younger in, in those times because of for the, very much the reasons you're talking about. The sexual libido was always there. It's just we, you were kept, it was kept intact much more. So I think that's a better thing that's happening uh, now. The negative, I think you have too many choices. And you always think there's going to be somebody better coming along where the person, and I've often said this, sometimes the best person is right in front of you and you disregard it thinking, oh no, maybe somebody else will come along that'll be better and tick all the boxes. So I think there are pros and cons uh, to both sides and, you know, it's just what it is today. I, I do think that as you get older in your late 20s and early 30s, people want the same thing. People still want to be in a relationship with somebody who cares for them and also to start families or not start a family, but be together. So uh, I think, um, and I also think the biggest difference is that more women are in the workforce. So when I graduated college, most, I would say 80% of the women got married on graduation day. That was the big thing. You got your degree and got married. So that doesn't happen today. Women want to go have a career and rightfully so. I think it's it's terrific. Most of your doctors today are women. Probably most of your lawyers today are women. You know, I, I think that's a plus. But it also has drawbacks because, you know, just to have a commitment uh, and a, two people who go into a marriage and both are working, you have to figure out wh- who's responsible for what. So I think it takes a little more mature concentration to ha- get into a relationship today. That totally makes sense that there's, there's has to be more thought involved in like a partnership oh, and family dynamics today. So that's really interesting. What about you, Kim? What do you think are the pros and cons from what you hear of Gail's dating life? Those were all really valid. I think, I guess maybe on like a slightly like lighter note, I think that obviously then guys were like, very well mannered and she again I'm getting everything from like a Rock Hudson movie because I wasn't there so I don't actually know <laughs> sure sure <laughs> but I think that um no I like liked the dynamic of like a guy going after a girl wooing them like I'm very like traditional in that way um or at least I romanticize that whereas now like guys will make you know inappropriate jokes in front of me and not think twice about it and Sometimes I'm like, uh, it kind of cringes me out, but I also don't want to be that person who's like, how dare you totally. say that in front of me? Because like we are in a different world. So, you know, it's all like on a, on a spectrum, but probably like that is what I see as like a con that people are less that way. And then 
pro, I, you know, you have to go with just like, I would have hate to been, I don't want to say oppressed, but like not have as many options as a woman at that time as you do today, whether it's career, pro choice, literally everything under the sun. I think that like, that's a really huge deal and a, and a great change. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. Those are good ones. And there are not too many virgins left. There aren't. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sure of that. And that's interesting that you see that as a, a plus, Gail, because I feel like a lot of people from that generation are a little bit more like, oh, you know, you kids, like that's, it's so inappropriate and, and you're, it's like a negative thing. So it's interesting that you see that as a positive that people can be a little bit more sexually liberated. Oh, I think it's a big positive. I think it's a big positive because so many marriages ended because of sexual issues. Really? um, That they really couldn't live together sexually. They weren't on the same page. They didn't like the same things. So I think the living together a little bit, I don't think extended living together for years and years and years without some kind of result, either positive or negative is good either. But I think that people should experience living together for a few months before they get married. So that also, but nobody, you know, when you're dating, you're, what is it like you got to test the car before you buy? Right? Yeah, I think you should test it. Yeah, <laughs> give it a test drive. Yeah. I, it's, if he throws his on the floor and you don't clean the sink out after you brush your hair, I think that could be your issues. <laughs> I don't think that's a reason to break up though. Well, there might be. You might not like that kind of uh, kind of person. So you have to, the thing is you need to, you need to be with somebody a little bit on the intimate scale and uh, it can't be accomplished unless you live together for a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's so true. It makes sense. But not a long time. Right. I saw ha- like a few months, a year. Yeah. About no, that. a year is getting to be too long. Okay, good to <laughs> unless know. you're young. Yeah, it's also age appropriate. I mean, if you're if you're 25 and you wanna and you wanna live to, with somebody and you're in a relationship, then maybe a year might be fine or or two years because you really haven't gotten your careers on on a path yet. But if you're 30 and you move in together after three four months, you know it's either is or it isn't. I mean, don't drag it out. I feel like by the time you're like late 20s, 30s, you kind of have a good idea of what you want and what you don't yeah. want. So exactly, exactly. And sometimes you might not even want to live together. You might just want to say, let's do it. Let's get married. This is not a, you know, it, it, but I think that it's all age driven. I think it, it depends on what stage you are in your particular life. Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. That's That's really good insight and good advice. So I would love to hear both of your dating red flags, the things that, you know, give you the ick, like what should people out there be wary of if they see this in a first or second date? Give me all the red flags. I know you guys talk about this a lot and Gail has a lot of insight on red flags. So tell me what our listeners should be looking out for. I know. I feel like we have so many that it's like the list is just, it's like so long. I think red flags and icks are different. Like icks I'll do... Like I think icks are obviously like less intense. Red flag would be like if genuinely like if someone chose to go out with the boys instead of me on a Saturday night and like it was very clear that I'm not made a priority, that's a red flag for me. An ick would be like if I'm on a date with someone and I don't finish my drink and they're like oh, you're not going to finish that and like make me feel bad about it. And then they're like, oh, I'll just have it. And they like swig the whole thing down. Like that's one that I'm like, what? I don't know that I don't like that one. Or like if someone's like trying to like go back to their apartment on the first date or something, I'll be turned off completely. Like, I guess those are both red flags. (laughs) 
That's a red line. What about you, Grandma? I I really didn't have any icks because I think everything was ick probably with me <laughs> at the time. But I, I think what a red line would be if somebody is selfish and doesn't put me first. I mean, to me, I have to be number one. And I always felt that way with whatever date I had, not only my husband, but I had other dates prior to my to getting married. And I was always number one on their, on their list. So I think that's important. Uh, and be nice to each other. If somebody is, uh, you know, always about them and not interested in what you're doing, there's a little bit of selfishness. Uh, you need a person that, you know, genuinely into what they're doing, but also care about what you're doing. So there's so many uh, things that could be a red flag. But uh, by and large, I think people who like each other are going to be considerate of one another. And uh, hopefully that's where a relationship will really get started and uh, materialize into something good. I love all of those. I love the be nice to each other one too. I think like, yeah. Especially with like the the media, like we kind of glorify, like what's a good example of a movie? Like the like the proposal with Sandra Bullock, have you guys seen that one where they like hate each other? Like there yeah. are so many movies right. like that where they hate each other and then they fall in love and like how to lose a guy in 10 days is, you know, it's all about hating right. each other and then somehow they're automatically in love. And I think that for relationships to be good, it doesn't make necessarily a good movie. So I think we should take all this with a grain of salt. It's very much like Kimmy and I talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Who would be, act like that in real life? I know. I mean, nobody wants to do that. That to me, and I, you know, it's of a different generation. I know Kimberly loves these reality shows. <laughs> I think it's degrading to women and I think it's degrading to men. So I think on both ends, I thought it was ridiculous. But you know what? It makes for fun entertainment. What do you want to end up with one of these girls or guys? Not me. I would run away from them. So, you know, except for maybe Ben Higgins. Red flag is if you've been, <laughs> if you've on, the been on The Bachelor. But I agree. Ben Higgins was one of the good ones, I think. He was my favorite and we interviewed him and he's the nicest guy in the world. He was nice for life. Yeah, yeah. We interview Bachelor people like a good amount. I don't know. I guess I'm into it and we love Ben. I thought Nick was really nice when we yeah, talked to really? him. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yes. I think they're actually really good people. It's just the concept of like the show. And they're like all duped by producers too. Like they right. were victimized for sure. Yes. Yes. When they, and they say that and they admit that. So uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that we shouldn't, you know, we, we can't look at these programs and identify with them. We have to realize they're fun and they're, they're entertainment. Don't take them literally. And I feel, do feel badly. And this is something I must point out. And I try to do this on our podcast as well. Young people, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, must not take these shows seriously. And we have to say, this is for entertainment. This is not how life really is. It's very much the same with, we can't identify, everybody can't look like Beyonce. Uh, you know, I don't like putting those kind of images on screens where young people who are so impressionable will think that everything else is wrong. Yeah. And that worries me. And the same goes with relationships. We can't think the relationships that we see with those phony tears on these programs are real. They're phony. They're made up. And that's what we must understand. And I'm afraid many young women, especially, I don't think the guys are so much as uh, influenced as the, as the women, think that that's really how a relationship should be. And it's not. I love that you said that. I'm so glad you pointed that out because you're right. It's just for entertainment, whether it's a rom-com, whether it's The Bachelor. Yeah. It's just purely for entertainment. 
But for a lot of people, that's where they're getting these internalized views of that's what love is, especially if they don't have maybe necessarily a healthy, you know, parent relationship that they got to see growing up, that they, that's where they get all of their insight on this is what love is. And it's not. So I'm so glad that you said that. So for people listening, are there other places that you would go or other recommendations you have tips for people who want to have a healthier view of what love is, but don't know where to start? Maybe you should go to your synagogue or your church and go on a uh, go on a Sunday and listen to uh, look at people who are truly happy together or go Friday night to a service and see how families really interact. We have to get real. I mean, these things are not real. So go someplace or or give to a food bank and go see real people suffering and you can lend hands out of out to them and give them support. And that's where love really is. So, and then you'll understand what a relationship is. Uh, these, you, you really can't look at artificial stories that make up these programs and think that this is what's going to happen to you because it's not. I mean, the, and the other obvious ones to me is like therapy. If, if you can find some accessible, there's options. There's like social work people or like there's, there's definitely levels of going to therapy. It doesn't have to be like craziest psychiatrist to get into right. or whatever it is. Um, super important. Also, I think like hopefully, even if your family relationship may be toxic, you have a friend relationship that isn't toxic or someone in your life that could give you like advice that actually has your best interest, um, at least one of one person in your life. Because I feel like that at the end of the day, like it is complicated, but it's not so complicated, you know what makes you feel good. Even if you're drawn towards somebody who isn't, like you know at the end of the day what's right or wrong. Or if you don't, because of some past trauma, your friend will and like can can hopefully like guide you in the right direction. Or a teacher, teacher of some sort. When you re- we have to reach out. I think people have to reach out and young people need to have mentorship. That is all really, really, really amazing advice. And I think very important for people out there to hear and to look into where their ideas of love are coming from and maybe finding healthier solutions and being honest with yourself on what you are visualizing and what you are attracting and bringing into your life. So all of that is amazing advice. I'd also love to know your guys' green flags. So what are what are those things that you for sure must look for, whether they're like really tangible, like that are green flags to both of you? I think tangible wise, they like to eat the same foods. That's big. That doesn't. I've hated people who, who are so picky with food. I don't think that's true. I know. I know. No, I think I like can only go out with a brunette. I don't know. That's like a. Kimberly. <laughs> I truly Kimberly. believe that. I've like I don't know if I could wrap my mind about. That's like the most tangible thing. Otherwise, like I don't, I'm not like I don't care that much about like height or. I definitely am like I am Jewish and I know that's important to my family. So like that. For sure. And then just like on an emotional level, I think I'm an old soul. I'm like definitely looking for someone who is also like that. Uh, because I think like a lot with values and um, even just like I love old movies and old TV and stuff. Like it would be cool if someone was also interested in that, but it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. But another old soul. Yeah. 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 Yeah, someone who who puts you first. That's Number not what one, I answered, but clearly that's what she wants me to, to answer. So She's that's answering for answer. you, right? Yeah, that's my new answer. <laughs> that's what I want today. No, I think that's really good, Gail. I think we all should be thinking about it. Like number one priority is that you make me your number one priority. And that's the confidence yeah. we should all have. Absolutely. Any other green flags that you have, Gail? Anything that you want Kim to be looking for? 
No, she's doing fine. She's she's good on her own. But I do think that all the girls out there should just care about yourself. Put yourself, make yourself the best you can be for yourself, and somebody will appreciate you for who you are. Well, speaking of that and the amazing advice you have, I actually pulled some of our audience to give some questions that they're struggling with in their dating life because I know you have so much good advice that I want some of our listeners to get. Grandma Gail's one-on-one advice as well. And obviously, Kev, you are an expert by now also. So first question from our audience is, how do you keep the romance alive after having a baby? My husband and I have an adorable six-month-old, but are struggling to get back to feeling like us. That's a you answer, Grandma. Well, it is hard. It's hard because you know what? Your your body has changed a little bit and um, you're up all night, probably the two of you, and uh, the sex life isn't so good right now. You know what? Get a babysitter and go out for a cute little dinner, whether it be pizza or Chinese food or just to take a walk, the two of you hand in hand somewhere, get away from the crying and the noise and rediscover yourselves. You will find it. It comes back. It takes almost a year after you've had a baby to get the relationship going exactly the way you would like it. Because, you know, being up every two, three hours is not easy on anybody. But don't give up because it's worth it. That's great advice. Okay, next question. Someone asks, why does it seem like all the good guys are taken and there aren't enough to go around? Oh, Kim, this is for you. I don't know the answer to that. I was going to say, this is all Kim. I don't know. <laughs> I would also like to know that answer to that question. I have found that to be true, sort of. I think that also, like who my friend thinks is the greatest guy ever wouldn't be the greatest guy ever for me, even though they're fantastic. It's just like, it's all about the fit. So maybe you just haven't met someone who's like your match or like who you've connected with on that level. But obviously you're still out in the world existing and you're a great person. So uh, there is that guy somewhere too. I just think it's like not meeting that match yet. Sometimes it does have to do with like, we're so spoiled in New York City. Like we have so many people to go on dates with. I don't know in a small town if that that would feel different. So I don't know. You could try moving. (laughs) That's true. See what else is out there in a different city. It's not the worst advice. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so true. I think coming from a place of there's not enough good guys out there to go around. There's no, like that's a very like lack mindset idea. So I think that's a really good kind of flip of it's just about there hasn't been the right fit for me. And that's because I'm so amazing that it's going to take a lot to be the right fit. I So I, I agree. I think it's just a matter of a mindset shift and maybe a city yeah. move. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. What about you, Gail? Any thoughts on that one? Oh, I, I, I think, you know what? There's probably someone standing right next to you that's probably pretty good. Uh, you might not be, uh, your timing might be a little off and you're not ready for it yet. Or maybe you have too high of expectations, exactly. but I don't I don't think well, that's usually I, no, the case. No, I don't know if it's that's usually not the case. I think expectations yeah. are usually high, but but sometimes you're just not ready for a relationship. You're just looking for a nice evening out with a, with somebody and that's all right too. But, you know, don't make it that Clark Gable has to walk inside your house to have a wonderful relationship. Uh sometimes, you know, it's not about looks, it's not about money, it's not about a lot of stuff. It's about getting along and finding commonality of things that you might enjoy together. And um, don't put uh, the Hollywood spin on your relationship. Yeah, good. Going back to like being honest about where is your expectations coming from and mm-hmm. look into whether or not that's really helpful for you. 
Great advice. Great advice. Um, Okay. I don't think I have any more advice. (laughs) Let's see what else you got. I think you do. I think so much to go around. There's so much to go around. Okay. Let's see. The next question is, I'm seeing someone new after ending a very long relationship. If starting a new relationship, what's the right timeline? Like how long should you wait until you make it exclusive? Then the boyfriend, girlfriend thing, which this is another thing. I'm curious your guys' thoughts because now it's apparently there's like your exclusive and then your boyfriend, girlfriend, and there are two different steps. That's confusing to me. Or like meeting the parents saying, I love you, et cetera. Like what should you abide by a timeline? I think that everyone moves at different paces. So like not really. I mean, I don't think... Because the thing is, let's say you're like, oh, by date five, you should be doing X, Y, Z. It's possible that like you went out with that person five times in one week and then it would be way too early to say week one, you should be exclusive. I would never recommend going out with someone five times in one week. (laughs) I think like momentum is important, but like you should in the beginning space dates out like pretty much like a week apart. Yeah, but sometimes you're away, Kim. You could be on a vacation to meet somebody and you could technically be with somebody every day. So... You know, but that—that's not the norm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we—I don't, don't think either of us believe in the exclusive conversation and not being boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, oh, we're exclusive, but he's not my no. boyfriend. Um, no, it has to like, be the same. If you're exclusive, you're you're in a relationship. Yeah, like, what's the difference? I think the difference is people think that they don't have to do boyfriend or girlfriend duties, but they still get all the benefits. So it's like taking away some responsibility of being like a supportive partner. (laughs) It's it's a cop-out. It's toxic. A cop-out. That's a great perspective. Yeah. That said, I know why people also do it in like a positive way of being like, sometimes it's like nerve wracking to say right away, are you my girlfriend? Or like putting a label seems like a lot of pressure. So it's always like the... This is how I in at my age have seen it happening of people will be like, oh, I just want like... I know we're having a good time together. Like, I just want to like, are we hooking? I don't, I'm not hooking up with anyone else. And they're like, yeah, no, me neither. Okay. So we're exclusive. And then like a week later, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. But I think that's like, if you want to ease into that, it that way, that's fine. But I wouldn't be exclusive and not boyfriend, girlfriend for more than like a week. I've been dating my boyfriend since I was 21. So I, and that was a very easy, like he asked me to be his girlfriend. He actually asked me to go steady grandma Gail, which I feel like you would appreciate yeah, that. Well, that's what we used to think. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they said, he said he did because we, we were joking about it. And so he, he asked me a few times to be his girlfriend. A couple of times I said no, but so eventually we got there and, um, and he said, so we would joke about it and he said, do you want to go steady? And so I just thought that was sweet. But like now I'm 27 and I, all my friends are in these kind of in between relationships. And so so I'm like, what is the difference between the exclusive and the girlfriend? Like it just, it's confusing. So I agree with you guys. I think it's, it's a cop out a lot of time. And so like, if you're going to be exclusive, that's the full relationship. That's it. I agree. Okay. The last big question I want to ask you guys is about confidence because Gail, obviously you're an icon. You clearly have got a lot of confidence. Kim, you had the confidence to put your dating life on the internet. That's pretty impressive. Where do you think your confidence comes comes from? And what are tips that you use to harbor your confidence that you can share with our listeners? Well, you're you're probably more confident than me, Grandma. Well, I, I was always confident because I was raised that way, that I was doing well in school or I, I, my grandparents and my parents and always said, you know, good job. And when I didn't do a good job, they would tell me and you knew you had to improve. 
And I think I learned from my own mother. I mean, my mother was, and my grandmother, they were confident women. They were women who in their own right, even though they were, they were never worked, they were confident in who they were. And, and that's all you have to be. You don't have to be the head of General Motors or, uh, you know, uh, the president of the United States or a senator. You know, if you're doing a good job in your own life and that should make you good and happy. Yeah, that was going to be the the advice that I was going to give of just like, I think as soon as you own who you are and f- or find who you are, the confidence is going to come. It's like, you, you're only not confident when you're like feeling imposter syndrome and trying to be somebody else. Just like knowing who you are and feeling good in that instead of like, I've got it. Like a lot of people are like, I will be confident once I get this promotion, once I get in a relationship, once I like all these things. So I think that's really good advice of just like being knowing who you are and being happy with that. Being happy and know that uh, somebody can always be better at something and to work at it, you know, just, just go for it. And if it, you know, and if you see that this career isn't working out the way you want it, flip a page and go on to something else. You know, this is, there's not only one, luckily women today, especially, and men have a multiple of things they can do. They're not into, they're not put into a slot and uh, they should really just, Try to be good at what you do and be proud of it because it, it doesn't matter if you're a house painter or electrician or a senator. If you're good at what your job is, then you'll be confident. I love this, the saying of if, the, if you don't like the page you're on, then rip it out. Right. Exactly. I love that. I haven't heard that before. Turn another page. Good job. Jeffy. Turn another page. <laughs> Ahmed. Okay. We're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. First one, your dream date night. Dream date night, I would say either something like on the beach, like beach picnic kind of thing, or I love going to the movies. So maybe that. Cute. What about you, Gail? Um, well, everybody knows my dream thing is going for pizza. <laughs> so that's my, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> I could spend an entire week looking for the best pizza place. So if somebody took me to the best pizza, which Poppy always does, and we look for it and we get the thin crust. It's perfect. Best date ever. So pizza's the way to your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like Poppy's mastered that. <laughs> okay. Your celebrity crush. Um, Zach Efron. Yes. Yes, Love. yes. A particular Zach High Efron. Hi, okay, that's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know I knew the follow-up yep. question. Not post jaw. Issue. Right. Pre jaw issue. Right. Yes. I love that. My Zach Efron is, he's also my number one. But for me, it's like the Link Larkin hairspray Zach Efron. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's like around 17 again. Yeah. Also, like, you can't go wrong with Zach Efron High School Musical. Like, it's just a classic. No, yeah. Iconic. Iconic. (laughs) What about yours, Grandpa Gail? Well, I have to say, for mine was Elvis Presley. Good one. That was my vintage. He was my my heartthrob at the time in the late 50s. So that that was it. The ultimate so heartthrob. We saw, we saw what happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So which is too bad. So, but when he was at his height and he made all the young girls swoon and uh, he was fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet that must have been so fun to see him in his, in his prime. It was wild. Well, he changed the way people really got together, danced and listened to music. And uh, so you have to say, yes, it was Elvis Presley. Did you get to watch the new Elvis movie with Austin Butler? 
Yes, he was. He was very, she very did. good. You like it? You know, I didn't love the role of Tom Hanks. I, I thought he could have been a little better. Colonel Parker was. I um, uh, didn't seem Tom Hanks is too nice a guy in all the other movies. I could never see him as as the evil Colonel Parker. But yeah, that's I, so. No, but neither did no, Elvis. Well, he didn't. True. Well, yeah, that's true. And he was unfortunately. Don't doubt the casting. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, the whole thing was it, very true, though. How the studios for a lot of these stars, which we saw with James Dean and Montgomery Clift and in music with Elvis Presley and so many of the great stars of the 50s and 60s were ruined by their managers who wanted to keep them performing and did anything to uh, keep them going on the stage. It was very sad. So that was not a good time for uh, for young people who were trying to go into a new form of entertainment and didn't know how to adjust their lives. Yeah, I know you hear all these things like Judy Garland, how much she was kind of yeah. abused and and like all these well, stories. She was by out. the studios. Yeah. By the studios. Because the studios really own them. We've discussed this many times. You know, when a big Hollywood in those days, they ran your life and uh they they really controlled your work. And most of these people, including Marilyn Monroe, I mean, they really they were destroyed by their own fame. And uh, it was a very sad time for them because they were all such brilliant people and uh, their lives were shortened because of greed, Yeah, which we're trying to be against now. I know it, it's wild to hear all the stories behind the, the scenes of all the movies that are iconic. You know, it's, it's wild. Um, speaking of movies, what are both of your favorite movies? Wizard of Oz. Good one. Speaking of Judy Garland. I have a million, but... We'll go with that. Oh, that yeah, was yeah. A great. That was a great one. What about yours, Gail? I, you know what? I don't know because I loved so many movies. I think I have to have loved the Peter Sellers, uh, Inspector Clouseau. Uh, I always loved how silly he was, and I loved his his craziness and running around Paris and discovering all the the crimes in, in his bungling way. The movies were great. They were so much a part of my life in the fifties and sixties and seventies. And I, I must say, now I don't like any of the movies. I very rarely go see a movie, but I do watch. <laughs> Constant <laughs> Netflix and Amazon uh, programs. Really, all don't speak English. So I watch every murder. Yeah, I love the foreign murder mysteries that are all on um, uh, on the podcast on the. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the streaming. Netflix, the streaming. Yeah. That is so chic of you. That's I'm really, very like, chic. I'm very, very chic. chic. I speak fluent Korean. I speak fluent Swedish. <laughs> she watches like all these I watch all of them and I love them. She loves. I love them. Stop. Okay. For both of you, the best advice you've ever received. I'd have to say something from, from Grandma Gail. So you should follow us on... TikTok and Instagram, excuse my grandma, because she shares all the gems there. And I'll, I'll give that as a little preview. Get all the advice there. Good advice. Yeah. That's Any good, good advice yeah, exactly. for you, Gail? Anything that you heard or maybe you've given that you love? No, my advice is exactly what Kim is saying. Go to our podcast, go to our go to our TikToks, listen to us, have fun, and you'll get the advice. We're not taking this too seriously. We want people to have a, a happy life and we try to give them some little ideas on how to do it. It's all fun. I love it. So, and your handles just excuse my grandma on all platforms, right? Yes. Excuse my grandma on Instagram, TikTok, and then 
if you listen to podcasts, we're on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you listen, just excuse my grandma. Perfect. You guys are so much fun. Thank you for joining me. I know everybody is going to be as obsessed with you as I am if they are not already. So thank you so much for all of your expertise. This was such a fun conversation. Thank you, Josie. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 